as a topic to speak about, I thought this was actually the topic I prepared last time, but we spoke about another thing. So I have still something to say about a beautiful figure in the Bible, which is a prefiguration of a great woman, a lady. And this figure, this woman, is Rachel in the Bible. This uh, figure is uh, central in the history of Israel, in the Old Testament. And there is, as we now try to find out, there is a very intimate connection between Rachel and Our Lady, especially uh, for what is... Uh, related to Our Lady as co-redemptrix, the one who generates each one of us in her pangs, in her uh, labor, a special childbirth, the childbirth of each one of us. But uh, we have to look at this uh, figure, Rachel, and uh, just trying to... Uh, to see this lady in her context, Rachel, the wife of Jacob, as you know, the second wife of Jacob, uh, the one who, uh, for whom Jacob had to wait seven more years after marrying the first woman, the first uh, wife, Leah, and because Labanus, his father-in-law, promised him to marry uh, also, to give him also his uh, other daughter, uh, Rachel, but after he would marry first uh, the first, the first uh, daughter, Leah. And for the love of Rachel, Jacob waited patiently in the house of his father-in-law, who was his uncle, actually. Uh, Labanus was uh, his... Uh, a mother's brother, so was his uncle. Uh, Jacob loved Rachel uh, in a very particular way. She was always his beloved wife. And uh, the, the beloved wife from whom uh, Jacob got two children. The children of Rachel and Jacob are first of all Joseph, the great figure of Joseph, the one, you know the story, who was sold by his brothers out of envy to the Egyptians. And, uh, and he was uh, sold out of envy. The envy came from the fact that uh, Joseph was, was uh, a beloved son of, of Jacob. And uh, uh, despite the fact that he was the 11th son, actually, of Jacob, he had almost, he, he got that uh, very important mantle, a coat from his father, the coat of many colors, and he got it because Jacob loved him, and he loved him for the fact that he got him from his beloved wife, Rachel. But Rachel is also the mother of another child. This other child is Benjamin, the second-born child of Rachel. And uh, Benjamin is also the last son of Jacob, the, 
and also the beloved one, because he was the youngest among all the children, and uh, he's the, the, the twelfth tribe of Israel. But uh, in, uh, with, with the birth of Benjamin, something very unique uh, happened. Before we come to this, to this story, which is touching and uh, very, very uh, important in relation to a blessed mother, to understand Rachel as a prefiguration of Mary, we first have to make reference to Matthew's Gospel, 2.16.18. This is the account of the, the killing of the innocent babies during the persecution of Herod after Jesus was born. And the Magi came uh, from afar and they came to Herod's palace to inquire about the birth, about the place, the birthplace of that baby. And they were sent by Herod to Bethlehem. Herod knew that because of the prophecy of Micah, chapter 5, the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. He sent them forth and said, After you have found, please come back to me and let me know about the child so that I too might come to adore him. False adoration, of course. But... Uh, we know, this, we know the gospel, the Magi, they were told not to go back to Herod because of his malice, his intention to kill the baby. They went back home following another route, another way, sign of their conversion, of course. But Herod, who uh, was, was now caught up by anger, for the fact that he was deceived by the Magi, decided to kill all the babies who were two years old and under, from two years old and under, in order to make sure that he would also kill the baby. When we read this passage in St. Matthew's Gospel, we find that there is the mention of Rachel, how come Rachel now comes into play in this specific uh, passage of the Holy Gospel? I would like to, to read it, to read the account of the Gospel in order to see Rachel mentioned in it and to understand why she is here. So the Gospel says, Then Herod, perceiving that he was deluded by the wise men, was exceeding angry, and sending killed, and sending killed all the men children that were in Bethlehem, and in all the borders thereof, from two years old and under, according to the time which he had diligently inquired of the wise men. Then was fulfilled that which was spoken by Jeremiah the prophet, saying, A voice in Ramah was heard, lamentation and great mourning, Rachel bewailing her children, and would not be comforted, because they are not. This is a Matthew's account, 2, 16, 18. And now St. Matthew quotes Jeremiah's, who speaks of Rachel, 
So the quote is from the prophet Jeremiah, Jeremiah 31, 15, 16. Uh, this uh, passage from Jeremiah says, goes this way. Thus says the Lord, a voice was heard on high of lamentation and mourning and weeping, of Rachel weeping for her children and refusing to be comforted for them because they are not. Thus says the Lord, let thy voice cease from weeping and thy eyes tears. From there is a reward for thy work, says the Lord, and they shall return out of the land of the enemy. This is so the prophet Jeremiah quoted by Saint Matthew. Uh, what is quite striking here is the fact that the babies of Bethlehem and also in the outskirts living were all killed from two years old and under and at that killing at that uh, very bad uh, massacre there is Rachel bewailing her children why Rachel uh, bewailing her children who are no longer and she refused to be comforted to understand why Rachel is here we go to Jeremiah, we understand the passage from Jeremiah, and, uh, and this is a voice of high lamentation, mourning and weeping. Rachel, who uh, is weeping because of her children. And the context of Jeremiah is the deportation of Israel into a, uh, into a foreign land in Babylon. So Rachel first weeps for her children who are murdered during this invasion of the Babylonians and some of the Jews were killed, some others were taken into exile, taken away from and Rachel is weeping there. But the same Rachel is now weeping because other children, innocent babies of Israel, are killed. So this means that Rachel was uh, already, she had already a very uh, important role in Israel. She was a mother of Israel, not only the mother of Joseph and Benjamin, but because she was the wife of Jacob, that relationship with Jacob brought her to have such an importance in Israel to be, uh, to be uh, deemed also as living even she was dead at the moment of both the, the, the deportation into Babylon and also at the moment of the killing of the innocents. She was already dead, but uh, her uh, prominent figure was uh, already seen as a woman who had a power of intercession. So she was held to be still alive, spiritually praying and uh, lamenting for her children. All right, this is important to understand uh, the, the role of Rachel as 
prefigurative of the role of our Blessed Mother Mary. But there is also another detail, which is not a detail, but it is a very important fact to consider in order to have a clear picture of the importance of Rachel. The important fact to consider is that uh, in giving, uh, so uh, better to start from this, Rachel and uh, Jacob and the first wife, Leah, were living all together in the house of Labanus, so uh, uh, Jacob's uncle. But at some point they decided to move out and to go back to their land, to Israel. So uh, um, Rachel had already her first uh, son Joseph, then they decided to move out of the land of Lebanon and to go back to the land of Israel. On the way back, on the way to Israel, they arrived by Bethlehem, by that region where Bethlehem is, Ephrata, and uh, Rachel was uh, pregnant again and she had to give birth to her second. Uh, born son, second son who was Benjamin. But the labor to give birth to Benjamin was so difficult that she could not make it. She died in giving birth to Benjamin. This is important. Uh, her pangs were so uh, so painful that she gave birth to her second son, but she died in giving birth to him. She wanted, and this beautiful poignant story is accounted by the book of Genesis, if you want to read it, 35, 16, 20. The book of Genesis uh, tells us this uh, moment of Rachel's death, and uh, in giving birth to her second son, and also of her um, burial on the way to Bethlehem. So Rachel was buried there, by Bethlehem, where she died. The tomb of Rachel is there. That's why when the, the innocents are killed, she is there. Her tomb is nearby, and she cries. She she is lamenting for the death of those children, but uh, it is also uh, probable that when the Israelites were taken into exile, they were taken, they, in order to go out of that land and to go to, to Babylon, they passed by that region. This is the reason why Rachel was also uh, bewailing at that moment when Israel was taken into exile. She is there physically because she's buried, but her presence is even more than physical, her presence is spiritual. Mm, so, if when we read the book of Genesis, we know that uh, there is another detail important here to consider. Uh, uh, Rachel. <coughs> Uh, she had a very difficult childbirth. Uh, and uh, when the son was born and she was going to die, she wanted to call her son 
Ben Oni, which means son of my pain, son of my pang, literally, Ben Oni. But his father, uh, Jacob, said no, he, can, he has to be called Benjamin, which means literally son of the right hand. Or in other words, son of the right hand means son of my fortune. He wanted to call his second born son of Rachel, Benjamin, son of my fortune. In order to transform that moment of pain and sorrow, because he lost his wife, his beloved wife, in a moment of life, in a moment of joy anyway, despite all that, a new man was born. So that's the reason why uh, the second born son of Rachel was called Benjamin, the son of my right hand, and the, ghost, and the book of Genesis says that Rachel died and was buried in the highway that leadeth to Ephratah, that is Bethlehem. She is there. Now, as we already said, uh, Rachel, uh, Rachel is a prominent figure for the fact that she is the wife of Jacob, the mother of these two important children, Joseph who was the, the redeemer, so to speak, of his uh, brethren, his brothers. And we know that between Joseph and Jesus there is a profound analogy. There is a very close analogy between Joseph, the story of Joseph and Jesus. But Rachel is important, especially... Uh, for the fact that she is a, a strong woman, she gave birth to her son, she died and she has an intercessory power towards Israel, the people of Israel. And this role of Rachel as intercessor was always acknowledged by the people of Israel, even to the point of going to venerate her tomb. There was a tradition of pilgrimage to the tomb of Rachel to venerate her presence there. But uh, what is striking also is the fact that uh, Rachel then is always the mother of Israel and she is always interceding with her presence, her lamentation when something bad occurs, when something of mm, like these uh, difficult, terrible moments uh, happen, happened. That is the the deportation of Israel or the murder of these uh, innocent babies. But for example, the exile the exile of Israel occurred in the year five hundred ninety seven ninety six before Christ. She was already dead, but despite this, she is alive. Therefore, there is an, in, uh, an important role of Rachel as mother, mother of the second-born son, but the mother of all the people of Israel, all the children of Israel. And there is also uh, 
Another reason to remember this great woman is the fact that she is a woman of intense suffering. The all this consideration now leads us to understand our lady's role uh, seen uh, in relation with Rachel. Rachel's figure is even more outstanding and important for being a prefiguration of another mother, the true universal mother, our Blessed Mother Mary, Mother Corridemtrix. With this Jewish background in mind, we can now easier find out the link with Our Lady, the Mother of Sorrows the one who generated us in her pangs uh, to eternal life. So, between Rachel and Our Lady there is a profound connection. The very first connection is the fact that it is St. Matthew, the Evangelist, who, uh, who brings these two ladies together in the same Gospel. In the same Gospel, chapter 2, we have the mention of both mothers, a lady who has to take care of Jesus and to escape into Egypt with St. Joseph and to come back because of the, the because of Herod, and also Rachel mentioned, who we said uh, bewails her children who are no longer. Uh, but there is a, a, another bond of unity, and this is a deeper one. Let's, let's now pay attention to this one, which is very significant. Rachel died in giving birth to Benjamin. Benjamin was the beloved of Jacob, because Jacob loved Benjamin, because he had Benjamin in his old age, and also because he was the son of Rachel's uh, pangs, and Rachel's, he costed uh, uh, Rachel the, the death of Rachel as well. But in the, in the, if we look at the Jewish culture as such, Benjamin was also uh, held as the beloved of God as such. He was beloved. Uh, by God himself. But Our Lady suffered. We believe that Our Lady had a very uh, sorrowful childbirth in giving birth to her second-born son, who is the new Benjamin. Who is the second-born son? John, the disciple, the beloved disciple of Jesus, who is the second-born son of the woman, of this new woman. Our Lady had no pang, no suffering in giving birth to her first-born son, Jesus, whose prefiguration is Joseph, but she did suffer a great deal in giving birth to each one of us, prefigured in, her belov in the beloved disciple of Christ, John. And these uh, pangs of our birth in John 
are already described by by the the, the book of the apocalypse 12 1 3 we know that the woman who appeared in heaven is uh, clothed with the sun but the moon and her feet the stars around her head 12 stars but this woman also cried out in her pangs of birth she she suffers because she is giving birth to whom not to jesus of course because the the, the birth of jesus is virginal no pain no pang but to give birth to her second born son to give birth to the church, to all disciples of Jesus. So we see the profound unity of Rachel and Our Lady. The true Rachel is Our Lady. And we know also from the Gospel of St. John 16:21 that when the woman has come to giving to uh, giving birth to her son, she is she is in pain. She suffers hard labor because of the, the 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 birth, because of the moment of giving birth. But after the childbirth, that woman is taken by joy for the fact that a man has come into the world. Who is this woman? of whom St. John speaks, 16.21, the woman crying out in her pants, the same woman of the Apocalypse. It is the same woman present at the foot of the cross, who has, who is now giving birth to us. The Gospel of St. John 16.21 says that a woman when she's in labor has sorrow because her hour is come but when she hath brought forth the child she remembers no more the anguish for joy that a man is born into the world this woman is uh, cannot be but the only woman the woman of cana you know in cana there is the woman and the hour that had not come yet, but because of the woman, the hour has been uh, was introduced. The woman of Calvary, the one who is at the foot of the cross, the hour has come, and Jesus sees the mother and says, Woman, behold your son. My beloved disciple is now your son. Your Benjamin, this is your son. And uh, so, as Rachel died during her childbirth of her second-born son, so Our Lady suffered and spiritually died in giving birth to, uh, to John and in John to each one of us. In St. John, Our Lady gives birth in a co-redemptive pangs to each one of us. So, Our Lady is our mother, Corridemtrix. And uh, the, the, the woman, the mother who has this universal intercessory power is then the mother. All generations shall call me blessed 
because of this, because of her being the mother of Jesus, and in Jesus for being the mother of all other people, generated in her childbirth, in uh, in this very painful childbirth, and also another analogy. As Rachel's soul departed during her pants for being delivered, so Mary's soul was pierced by a sword to generate each one of us to supernatural life. What's the conclusion? We have a, a spiritual here conclusion to draw from all these understanding of Our Lady in the light of Rachel. The conclusion is that Christian life in itself is a generation. It is a generation to supernatural life. In order to receive the gift of a new life, there is no Christian life if we are not regenerated, reborn to eternal life, isn't it? And this new birth is given to us by the water, baptism, and Holy Spirit. But it is a generation. It is a generation whose uh, beginning and the completion is Calvary. When Jesus was, when Jesus gave up his life for us, sacrificed his life for us to give us life, and also the same moment when the woman, with Jesus, in Jesus, gave birth to us with her supernatural generation. So, if Christian life is a generation, we need to be generated by a mother. Because the generation, this generative act, is always an act of a motherly action. So we need a mother. We need to recognize that this generation is only possible if there is a mother and uh, if there is this labor of the mother giving us in that suffering life. The mother is now suffering in order to give us eternal life. This is our Lady's core redemption. This is the, the, the very content of our Lady's core redemption. In this, our Lady's core redemption uh, lies properly to suffer her pangs in order to give us life. To, uh, give, uh, to give for us uh, everything she has, all her love, all her strength to uh, generate us to supernatural life. This is Our Lady's merit, Our Lady's co-participation in our salvation, a role which is active, which is determining our own being Christians. Otherwise, no birth, no generation. This is not a way to replace Jesus' sacrifice, but it is a cooperation within Jesus' sacrifice. 
it is a maternal cooperation required by Jesus himself. So, uh, this uh, figure of this Rachel, this woman, Rachel, helps us see more clearly the, the importance of Our Lady's core redemption for our Christian life, to love more Our Lady, and uh, to fly to her, to ask for her patrocinium, her intercession, to, as a dear mother, to take care of our supernatural life, to always grant us this life that we need, eternal life. Amen. <laughs>